Come on. Everybody feeling good tonight? I don't know about you, but I love the cold weather. It just it allows us to dress more trendy. Uh, don't you think Andre is one of our most trendiest dressers? Hey, I reckon if he wasn't in, in a pastor, he'd either be in fashion or he'd be selling houses because he has such a passion for property. If you're looking for a house, speak to Pastor Andre. He'll get you sorted. Guys, let's open up in prayer quickly. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, God, that we can gather in your house tonight, Lord. Uh, we thank you for the warmth of the love that's present here this evening, Father God. Just as we've worshipped and we've come out an amazing time of worship, Father God, we just want to continue that level as we just want to send out our cry out, Lord, to get onto your will, not onto ours. I pray, Father God, even as we speak from your word tonight, Lord, uh, that you'd make it interesting, but Lord, that you'd make it memorable, Lord, that we could, we could apply it to our lives. And we thank you for your word. We thank you that it only speaks truth. And so tonight, Lord, we ask you to bless the service in Jesus' precious name and everybody said amen as you find your seats why don't you look to the person next to you and say how you doing come on it is it is so good to be with you guys this evening. Uh, I have about a three-hour sermon prepared for you, so don't worry. I know you guys want to give up Netflix to be in the house of God. Some of you are looking at me with evil looks at the moment. Um, yeah, I do actually hold the record for the longest preacher. I think it's between Leanne and myself, uh, but uh, we won't do that to you tonight, so it'll only be three hours, so you guys should be good. Come on. Look to the person next to you and say, small things, big difference. Small things, big difference. And I'm going to get into that uh, this evening. And so the title for this evening's message is Knowing Makes All the Difference. And we've been going through our One John series. Everybody been enjoying it? Come on, the book of love and light. Uh, so the last few weeks we've been going through the book and, and it's, it's one of the, the books in the general letters. So there's th it's one, the first of the three books that John's written in the general letters. But John writes it, uh, this particular one, in more of a poetic fashion. So the other ones are kind of directional and these ones are more poetic. And he speaks about contrast, you know, uh, love and hate. He speaks about light and dark. And so we've been going through that. But the, if you ever wanted to understand John um, and some of his writings, you'd actually write that John always writes all of his books, whether it be the gospel, uh, part of the synoptic gospels of John, whether it be Revelations or 1 John 2 or 3, he writes it from this theme. John's purpose of the gospel uh, is always to state and show that Jesus of Nazareth was Christ. He always writes that. If you, if you read any of those books, you'll see that. That he, in fact, was the Son of God, and that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. And we know that from John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Come on. So these are the three points that John's constantly making. And so tonight I'm going to be reading out of chapter 5 and you can make your way to 1 John chapter 5. And we're going to be starting from verses 11 and I'm going to read the scripture and then I will get into uh, explaining some of these pieces of scripture this evening. I've got four points, four quick points that I want to just point out that stand out uh, this evening. And so I'm going to need a bit of help from you guys. Um, I, I, all of you, I, I like participation. I know you guys like participation. Um, I'm not going to make you do the Macarena as much as I'd really love to make you all do the Macarena. I'm going to ask you, you'll see that as we're reading the Scriptures tonight, there are some words that are highlighted in yellow. 
Okay, as we get to those words, as I'm reading them, I want you to scream that word out. Can we do that? Come on. All right, so the first thing is, uh, John starts from verse 11 and he says, and this is the testimony. I just want to stop there for a sec. And this is the testimony. John is writing from a first-hand account. We need to get this piece of Scripture done in order to understand what we're going to talk about. It's a small thing, but it makes a big difference. There is power in a testimony. But the thing about a testimony is it's about somebody sharing their experience of how God moved through their lives. John is not writing from a second-hand account in this piece of Scripture. He's saying, this is my testimony. I want to remind you that Jesus would have touched John's hands. They would have had some fresh fry around the fire. They would have actually probably been in a bit of a wrestling match every now and then. John pins Jesus down, Jesus pins them. You know, like brothers normally play and they roll around. And this is the experience that John had with Jesus. It was a physical one-on-one experience. It wasn't as if John is writing about somebody he's never actually seen. He wants you to understand this is his testimony. Let's continue. God has given us eternal life and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. As we continue from verse 13, it says, I write these things so that you may believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. He goes on from verse 20 to say, We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true by being in His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and the eternal life. Small thing I just want to give you tonight is is just that word no. And I'm going to spend a bit of time focusing like a magnifying glass to try and illuminate it slightly and, and try and bring it out a little bit because I need you to understand that this might be a small thing in the Scriptures, but it can make a massive difference in the way you read the Word of God. And so... Small things make a big difference. If you ever want to understand how small things can make a big difference, you know when you go skydiving, that little cord that pulls the chute open, that thing's small, but it can make a very big difference while you're skydiving, right? Uh, If you've ever been rock climbing, uh, the rope is a small thing in comparison to what you're climbing, but it's a small thing that can make a big difference. Any scuba divers here? Anybody been scuba diving? Hey, there's one person, two people here. You guys will understand that the tanks that you put on your back, it's a small thing, but it makes a big difference. And so um, I want to tell you about a time, Andre and myself, we got the, I was blessed to, to go with to a conference in um, America and it was called the Ark Conference and it was at Church of the Highlands and it was such a cool conference but we had to book it in Alabama and we had to do the flights across so we booked this car and we get to this rental car like kind of in the middle of the night and there's, as always, there's a, a drama with we, we can't use this credit card and we need that driver's license and so we kind of get over this hill and we... We just realized there's no GPSs available. 
And then they give us ace. They're trying to organize us a GPS because we're going, what do we do? We've never, ever been to America. And just to give you a small minute de detail, the, the conference is being held in Birmingham, Alabama. And it's such a small airport and such a small town that the Church of Highlands is so big. This conference brings thousands of people that the airports would be chock-a-block and would be kind of delayed. So we, to avoid that, we decided to drive about an hour and a half out. So we flew into a different airport and thought we would just drive across during the night. Only to find out we don't have a GPS now. <laughs> now, I don't know about you. Have any of you ever not had data before? Come on. <laughs> All my, uh, my non-data fans. I've been there. I still get there. Don't worry. I prepaid. But have any of you put your GPS on and you think you're going to do it in a Wi-Fi hot zone, and then you just say to yourself, just make sure you don't make a wrong turn anywhere. Has anyone ever done that? And then as you leave, you make the wrong turn, and the thing goes, rerouting, rerouting. Anyone been there? That's exactly what happened to us. So we thought, oh, we're going to download this thing, and we're going we're gonna to leave the airport, and somehow we lose track of the signal. Now we have no idea, and we're driving an hour and a half in another country with a car that's on the left-hand side. Of the, it's storming and raining, and there's lightning. Uh, Andre fell asleep and left me to drive alone. <laughs> but as we're driving, um, we, we were wondering, like, do we need to stop at a petrol station? Do we, how are we going to find our way? And we're currently driving in the direction we think we're driving, and then we see a signboard. And the signboard gives us direction. And that one signboard might have been a small detail, but it made a massive difference in getting us back on track. So I want to let you know that the way John is writing this piece of scripture is he's saying, I am the signboard. I know the way. I know the direction. Listen to me. I've been here. I've done this journey before, and I know how you get there. Small thing, big difference. So if you ever want to know the way, is sometimes you can read what John is writing in all of his Gospels. And the reason I'll get to my point as to why I'm doing this is John is kind of giving the example that he's saying, I need you to know that I am like a physical signboard. And so I know where Jesus has gone and I know how he's gone and I need you to follow. And so he writes on from 1 John chapter 13, he says this, from, I'll read it again. It says, I write these things, okay? To you who believe, Okay? So he's saying, I write these things to you who believe. Who is he writing this to? How many of you believe in Jesus Christ here tonight? He's writing this to you. So listen up. Saying to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. John is telling you, I know firsthand account, I know Jesus, you have eternal life. And he wants you to know tonight that you have eternal life. I love the way the New King James Version puts it, uh, where it says this, these things I've written to you that you may believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may, that you have eternal life. And he's in addition here, he says, and that you may continue to believe in the name of of the Son of God. My first point tonight is what you have been told will make a big difference. What you have been told will make a big difference. Verse 13 says, these things I have written to you so that you may know. You know, the Old Testament word um, in Hebrew is called yada. And this is what the word know means in Hebrew is yada. Okay, everybody say yada. Look to the person and say yada. Say, I need more yada. Come on, 
I need you to have yada. Come on. Yada is actually the Hebrew translation for the word to know or to have knowledge of something. It appears 950 times in the Bible. But it's a wider sweep than the English word that we know. You see, the word in English, know, could probably mean perceiving, to learn, to understand, to be willing, to perform something, or to have experience of it. But to know is not to be intellectually informed about some abstract principle, but to be, adhe- like, be apprehended by the experience. It's to be apprehended by the experience of the reality. Knowledge is not the possession of information, but rather it's the exercising of actualization. I'll say that again. Knowledge is not the possession of information, but the rather it's the exercising actualization. And see, this biblically, to know God is not to know about Him in an abstract, impersonal manner, but to rather have, an, a, a, to enter into a saving action with Him. It's to know, not just know about Jesus, it's to physically know Him personally. John wants us to know it's not some mystical contemplation, but a dutiful obedience. The word know in the Hebrew context is different from our word know. The word know is a super personal. And when I'm going to read the scriptures with you tonight, I want you to apply that level of know. Not to know about, but to physically know. As if you have experienced Jesus in the same way John has. Know in this is a verb. It's to be absolutely sure of something. John writes in his word, Another word that he brings up is believe. In verse 31 of John 20, 31, it says this, but these things are written that you may, that Jesus is the Messiah, so the Son of God, and that you, in believing Him, you may have a life in His name. It's the assurance, it's the revelation of who Jesus is. It's a small thing, guys. I know it sounds silly, but it's a small thing. Sometimes when we read a word of God, I think we read it out of our context of knowledge. We're reading it because we want to learn the story. We want to understand it's like a vessel that's being filled. John's saying, no, 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 no. This is a fire to be lit from inside. It's a personal connection. He wants us to know Jesus when we read the Scriptures. He wants you to understand that you can know Jesus differently when you read the Scriptures. Because verse 12 says, whoever has the Son has life. So John 8.32 says this. Then you will... Let's try that again. Okay. I'm not criticizing, but that was bad. (laughs) Come on, let's not lose. Are you guys with me still? Come on. Then you will? The truth, and the truth will set you free. Those, uh, let's go from verse 10, Psalms 9, verse 10 says, Those who? Your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. To not receive God's word is to make God a liar. To have a Bible and never ever read it and try to get to know Jesus is actually to make God a liar. He's written down the ability for us to grow in our relationship with Him. But some of us don't put the emphasis on it because we rather want to get the knowledge of it rather than the knowing of Him. And it robs our souls of this confidence. You know, David was seized by the Philistines. um, Philistines. And... um, he wrote this poem, it's in Psalms 56, uh, verses 9 to 11. I don't know if I got it up there. 
Uh, yeah, okay, so he writes this and he calls this a dove on a distant oak. How many poets here this evening? Come on, I love the way it's read, a dove on a distant oak. But David knew God differently. David knew that the word of God was God. And so when he reads it, listen to how David reads this scripture and how he cries out. Read it from the context of Yada. When I cry out to you, then my enemies will turn back. This I know. This is an assurance, this is a confidence because God is for me. In God, I will praise His Word. In the Lord, I will praise His Word. In God, I put my trust. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? When we know God on a confident level, there's a difference. There's a change. There's a shifting that happens inside. It's a different level. When you start to read the Bible and every word that says no, and you realize that that's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, it changes the way that Scripture works in your heart, in your mind, and allows God to work through you. You know, Paul... Even in his lowest moment, he was beaten. I think he spent his last days in a prison cell. But he said to Timothy, he never lost his confidence. He even encouraged Timothy, keep going. Don't lose the confidence. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12, he says this, For this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know. <laughs> Do you get that? For he knows Jesus whom I believe in and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to, uh, to him until the day. And so summary of point one is when you know the word personally, when you know this in a yada format, in a personal, it's a small thing, but it'll make a big difference in your life. Point two, to know him makes all the difference. Verse 13 says, you that believe. I just want to put this book, it's a leadership book um, that I read, I can't remember, I must have been like in my 20s, but I remember reading this leadership book and it's one of those that I've stuck and it's called The Encouraging Heart and it's, um, it's written by Kaza and Posner and they write this, they say, above all, people want to believe in their leaders. They want to believe that their leader's word can be trusted and that they do what they say they're going to do. Our findings are consistent over such a long period of time that we have come to refer to this as the first law of leadership. If you don't believe in the messenger, you'll never believe in the message. If you read the Word of God and you don't believe in Jesus, you'll never believe what it says. Because there's power in His name. 1 John 2, 12 says, I'm writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on the account of... There's power in Jesus' name. When you know Jesus, it makes all the difference. You know, um, at, uh, it's called um, Salomon's uh, porch. It's other, I think the original word is Salomon's portico. And in Acts chapter 3, verses 9, it tells this awesome story that Jesus has now left and he's ascended. And John and Peter are walking around ministering in Jerusalem. And this is the east side of the temple gates. There's a lame man who has been there for years. Everybody knows him. He's that lame guy, five bob please, eh? He walks past and they say to, he says to John and Peter, please, can, you, can I get some arms? And they say to you, you know, silver and gold have I none, but just get up and walk in the name of Jesus. The man stands up and walks and there's chaos everywhere. Everything starts to turn into chaos because they're going, how is it that that crippled man just got up in just a word? And you know what Peter uses the opportunity to do? He says, 
come near crowds. Let me tell you how this has actually happened. And so for Acts chapter three, verses 16, it says, by the faith in the name of Jesus, this man who you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can see. If you want the healing, if you want the miracle, you need to know Jesus because there's power in Jesus' name and he can change your situation in a second when we understand the power of Jesus' name. In Acts chapter 10, verses 43, it says, all the prophets testified about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness through his name. When we know him, it makes all the difference. To believe on the name of the Son of God in John's day was to literally be beaten up and thrown and because Christianity was seen as this thing that was causing trouble in the neighborhood. But the object of faith is not Christianity, guys. I just wanna let you know that. You may think that the object of faith is Christianity or the Bible as a book, no. It's having Jesus having a living relationship with Jesus. That's the object of our faith. It's to have a relationship with the one who is powerful. John does not say believe and be saved. John says believe in the Son of God, Jesus, and you'll be saved. It's even as, as uh, Mary, I, it's not even in my scripture. I don't think I got the scripture, but I think it's in Matthew chapter one, where, where you know, um, I always try and picture this because it's quite a crazy story. Um, where Mary's sitting there and, and the angel says, listen, you're going to have a son <laughs> and he, he, you're going to fall pregnant from God and he, you're going to be a vir remain a virgin, but you're going to have a son. I mean, can you imagine even receiving that? But I love what the angel says to her and he says, you'll bear a son and you shall call him Jesus for he is the one who will save the people from their sins. And so the Hebrew name for Jesus, just so that you guys know, it's Joshua, which means Jehovah is salvation. Okay, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, then I'm afraid you don't know Him at all. Because He was came to be the Savior. And a lot of us want to know about Jesus, but to know Him is to know that He's the Savior. I'm going to quickly, for the sake of time, go to point three. So to summarize what that was, to know Him makes all the difference. It's a small thing, but a big difference. Point three, what you have makes all the difference. We have eternal life. <laughs> you know, some people go, if I have success, it'll make all the difference. <laughs> I'm like, no. If I just be more blessed, it'll make all the, no. Do you know what makes all the difference is you knowing that you have eternal life. And not just knowing eternal life as if you just have this distant thing that's approaching because there's something different and something better than the mere existence of eternal life. It's living the now for the eternity. There is a difference when you apply eternity into your mind and understand standard. I want to let you know, even the devil knows about eternity. Everyone here is going to live for eternity. The difference is where we choose to live for eternity. And so knowing that makes all the difference is that we get to live. It's like an acorn seed contains within it the potential of all the power to become this majestic oak. So does this life begot by the Holy Spirit that contains a fullness of joy and glory that is yet to be revealed. It's to live with hope for eternity, but to live eternity today. 
to, to, to reach people, to make a difference, to have a relationship with God, to read His Word, to know His Word, to know Him, makes all the difference. It's not just having this one day, it's a two day. We are all on the journey to eternity. What we do along that journey is very important. Some people think it's about where you start that counts. Others think it's about where you end that counts. It's what you do in the middle that counts. It's the everyday, day-to-day, living with a mindset and a promise that God is going to have eternity. Point four. Could we get the uh, keys or worship team up? Point four. To be sure makes all the difference. Verse 13, he said that you may know. Now, I know I've gone over this a, long time, a lot of, but this is a favorite word of John, is no. Read John and actually look how many times he mentions no. Just to give you an idea, just in the scripture that we've just read now, from verses 13 to 20, he actually uses the word no seven times. But it's the context of yada. He wants you to understand that he knows Jesus and he wants you to know Jesus like he knows Jesus. And there's a confidence when you know Jesus like that. There's a peace and there's a joy. If you don't know that you have eternal life, you can never really give thanks for anything. But He wants you to know that Jesus really did come as a man. He really did live. He really was the Son of God. And that through Him we have eternity. It's an assurance of eternal life that makes all the difference. You know, um, when I was probably, I, I think I was about 21. It was just before I was about to leave for Saudi Arabia. And um, <laughs> I, you mustn't judge me now. The Kanspei guys were judging me. <laughs> In a good way. But I got invited to go to this concert. And it was this really cool concert. I don't know, are there any hip-hop fans in the house? If you didn't scream out, you're not a hip-hop fan. You might be like an orchestra fan or, come on, are there any hip-hop fans in the house? So it was Belleville Velodrome and it was my, my staff were, were, were setting, sending me off and we were about to leave for Saudi Arabia and they bought these tickets to Ja Rule. Does anybody know Ja Rule? Okay, now Ja Rule, I'm praying for him still. <laughs> Jerul is not part of Hill Songs, guys. <laughs> I just want to let you know that. But Jerul is, I used to love his music. He's that, that rapper that always barks. <laughs> but Jerul's going nuts and it's amazing because all of a sudden, somehow we get into this concert and we get into the VIP ring. And all of a sudden, I swear, Jerul almost spat on me. I was like, sis. <laughs> And, and he's rapping and he's doing his thing, but it's so crazy. We got into the VIP ring and then all of a sudden somebody that we know says, hey, do you want to go backstage? And we were like, what? We get to go backstage at a Jerul concert. I was like, this is amazing. And it's so funny that we got to, on the way to backstage, you have to cross all these bodyguards. There's literally so many bodyguards along the way. Okay, you've got to tick so many boxes. It's like, you can't just get there. You'll get bounced quickly. Okay, but we had to do all these checks. It's almost like they had protected this backstage. And as we came into the backstage, I'll tell you something that whatever they were doing there was not of God. It was almost like this picture of what I had of this guy 
had kind of come crashing down because what I'd only seen of him is his front life. But his backstage was a different life. I think for some of us, we can live like that too. We can put a front on every single day. But I wanna ask you, the things that are protecting the way to the backstage of your life, what are they? And who are you inviting to the backstage of your life? Because tonight you can have an opportunity to invite the one that can change the backstage of your life. But some of us are too scared to take that step because we we worry that things may change. Well, they will. But I wanna ask you now tonight, if Jesus had to walk through all of your gods and get to the backstage of your heart, what would He find there? Because I don't think He would judge you for it. He died for you. He loves you. You see those things that we call sin? He paid for that. And sometimes we think that, but I can only start small. Well, that's all right. Zechariah 4.10 says, never despise the day of small beginnings because the Lord just rejoices when you get started. And so tonight I believe that God wants to change the backstage of our hearts, that He wants to change the backstage of our lives. Can we bow our heads for a moment? I wanna give anybody that has an, this is an opportunity for us to pray with you. And this isn't to call you out, but this is literally for you to get real with God here this evening. Is there stuff in the backstage of our lives that's there because we don't know Jesus the way we should know Jesus? And that's okay because we can start to change that now. The Bible actually says repentance is something called metanoia, which is a Hebrew word, which actually means just to change your direction. It means you were going one way and you just turn 180 degrees and go the other way. And tonight that may be the night for you. So if you are sitting here this evening and you want God to work on the things that are maybe sitting in the backstage of your heart and you'd love Him to change them, then I wanna give you an opportunity this evening to just to, for us to pray for you. So if that is you, anyone here, whether you are, a, whether you know Jesus, you have a relationship with Jesus, but you feel you just wanna, you want more prayer. You wanna invite Jesus into this place to change your life. Can you pop your hands up quickly so that I can pray with you this evening? If there's, thank you, thank you. Anybody else? If there's anybody, thank you, thank you. All I wanna do is pray for each and every single one of you that God, we can invite Him into the backstage of your life tonight. If that is you, I don't wanna leave you out. Anybody else. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you at the back. Thank you on this left-hand side. Heavenly Father, we just thank You, Lord Jesus, that it's not by our strength or our might, but it's by You and Your love, God, that changed everything. The cross was not a small thing. It was a big thing that made a big difference. And so, Lord, we just want to thank You, God, that when we get to know You, that it starts to change our lives. And so Lord, I invite you into our hearts this evening, Father God, that whatever it is, Lord, we ask you to wash it as white as snow. Those sins that were once like scarlet, we ask you to wash them clean tonight, Father God. Will you baptize us afresh with anointing, Father God, for your work and to get it blind with your will. We thank you for this now in Jesus' name. With our heads still bowed and our eyes closed, I just wanna give anyone here an opportunity. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, 
and you want to invite Him, I encourage you the best, the small thing is just to know Him differently. Not know about Him, but know Him. If that is you here this evening, I want to give you an opportunity to quickly just raise your hand. Anybody here that would love, just pop your hand up and pop it down and we would love to pray for you. God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish and have eternal life. It's the word believe. It's to have faith, to take that step. If that is you here this evening on the count of three, will you pop your hand up and pop it down and we just want to pray with you. One, two, three. Thank you. Thank you. I don't want to move on and rush this moment. So if this is your moment, I just want to pray for you right now. If there's anybody else, we'll give you one more time. If you can raise your hand and put it back down. Church, why don't you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we thank you that you're the King of Kings. I'm sorry, Lord, for walking in the wrong direction. I ask you to come into my heart now, Jesus. Help me turn the direction and walk in your ways. I want your will to be done. And I thank you that I get to be a part of it. God, will you wash my sins? Will you build a relationship with me? And I want to serve you for the rest of my life. And all God's people said, Amen. Come on, can we give Jesus a round of applause? Come on, let's, let's just honor Dieter. Let's just thank him love. Great message. I just had to navigate the whole way there uh, from Atlanta Airport to Birmingham. Listen here, that drive it was like one in the morning. It was crazy. I remember it. But um, Dieter only went the wrong side of the road once in America. Only once. Um, so it was great. But I remember as he went, everyone in the car screamed. Like, ah! <laughs> but anyway, but that was the only moment he went to the, But otherwise, you, you killed it. Listen here, I love that message. And, and John, like Dieter says, speaks about it so much. And in uh, John 14, uh, Jesus says, you know, in my Father's house, there are many rooms. And then Philip says, um, and he says, you know, I'm going to go there. And Philip says, well, we don't know the way there. And Jesus says, I am the way. And again, you and I can be focused on the secondary thing of how do we get to heaven instead of the primary thing of just getting to know Jesus. Okay. And so I encourage you guys, that was a phenomenal message. And John is encouraging us to truly focus on Jesus. He's the best thing, the best person, the best relationship we can focus on. Uh, what we're going to do right now is if you do want to get water baptized, We've got a jacuzzi outside there right now. Come on. Thank you, Jesus, in this. But um, people who've got baptized in our jacuzzi come out saved and cleaner and warmer. Anyway, so, but if you, we've got some clothes. We've been baptizing people across today at Malkbus and at Tableview. We didn't baptize today at Camps Bay because there's an outdoor pool. And uh, Matt's just, you've not been brave enough, bro. That's what, I don't know where you're going, bro. But we do have a warm baptismal font. So if you weren't aware of it, if you'd like to get baptized, it's the first step of obedience. So for our ladies in the ladies' toilets, gents and gents' toilets, we've got clothes for you. We've got towels for you. So you can make your way there as we end the service and we'll celebrate with you. For everyone else, I want to ask you to quickly grab this card, the seat cover in front of you. We do this at the end of each service, just a family. It's a simple way we get to serve you. First thing I encourage you to do is write out your prayer request. Remember weekly to be
be trusting God. I don't know what your needs are, maybe for your marriage, for your family, for your work. Don't just sort of go through the motions. Wake up full of faith. We'd love to pray with you. Our staff pray over this and our prayer team. So write out, you don't have to even put your name down, but please write out your prayer request. If you would like any information or take a next step, please fill out this card. If you've actually put your hand up, you gave your life to Jesus, maybe you didn't put your hand up, but you prayed that salvation prayer. Why don't you tick recommitment or first time commitment? And we'd love to tell you more about our next step. It's called following Jesus. It's learning all about how, it's learning how to follow Jesus. You can do it in the comfort of your own home, on your device, on your computer, or you can do it at the church. Why don't you tick um, that you made a commitment to Jesus or a recommitment. And then of course, if you are new and you'd like more information, use this card. The, the best way to get connected is to walk straight out the doors and do it face to face. The second best way is to do it by this card. Remember, if you want us to contact you, write out your details clearly, email address or cell number, and we will get hold of you. There are buckets at the back that you can throw these cards into. This Tuesday night, we've got our power hour of prayer. I encourage you, we've got an encounter night. We do it at the end of every month, uh, the, the Tuesday, the, the last Tuesday every month from 7 p.m. I'm excited. I'm going to be here as well. We're going to have an encounter service. We're going to have a prayer service. You might have any prayer need. Please come. If you just want to push into God's presence, I promise you it is a phenomenal night. Um, and it, it really is a great time to come and push into God, focus on Jesus. So I encourage you to come along this Tuesday and and yeah like I said you can put these in the, the backs of the back if you are new even if you didn't give us a wave as you walk out the doors there'll be your first cappuccino why don't you go grab it if you brought somebody's new why don't you go take them get the card steal the card from them and go get yourself a free cappuccino anyway that's what I would do God bless you guys cheers <laughs>